Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi there. I'm David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Welcome to Don't Miss This. Happy August. And school starting oh, for that's some happy. people. What? You, that's not happy. Well, some people are really happy <laughs> about school starting that's for so the record. True. If you're a schedule person, you probably love for school to start. Yeah. If you just like to sleep in and stay up as late as you want, then it's harder when school starts. Hmm. What's well, kind of exciting for us because we're entering a new season. Like Jenny's, this is our first time all the kids are going to school. Oh, that the is same exciting. Time. And she was like, I, I'm just so curious what I'm going to do with my day. And I was like, the same thing. Because <laughs> someone's going to be like, I forgot my folder. It's like, you won't have any yes. free time. And then you get really old and no one lives at your house. And so every day is kind of the same. And people start talking about school and school shopping. And then you're like, oh, I don't even do that anymore. How weird. Also, in the olden days, we used to spend four times less on school shopping than people spend. Money-wise? Yes. Oh. My nephew came over and he was going to go school shopping and his mom gave him his budget for school shopping. And I was like, what like happened? For clothes or pencils? Yes, for clothes. Oh, clothes. For clothes. <laughs> Listen, everyone, it was nicer when my kids went to high school to buy clothes than it is now. I feel bad for you, actually. Oh, well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, y'all, this section is... So awesome. And it's funny that we started that way talking about the practicals of all these things. Because one of the things that's really like intriguing to us about this section 88 is this section's big. Like it covers, it's like cosmic. You could say that. There's a Mm -hmm. couple sections like that in the Doctrine and Covenants that you were like, that's a cosmic section that deals with really big Mm -hmm. universal uh, principles um, it's, we're going to talk about law and light and all, just these big, big concepts. Yep. And there's going to be second coming information and millennial information. And, and it really is like for the now in their situation, like we were talking about, it's also so much for the now in our situation. And then it's future and then it's even more future. And it just, it really is. Yeah. Remind you that Joseph really was a seer. Yeah. Yeah. And then... It also has very practical advice. Mm. Like there is this word that you want to look for in the section where it says, therefore, (laughs) and it comes (laughs) after like 70 verses. If this is the reality of the universe, therefore, and then it gives really, really practical advice. And, and this is a section that I think, um, this, this is the God of heaven and earth in all the universes. Mm. Is there multiple universes? Whatever. Let's just pretend <laughs> there is, right? Um, but who realizes what is happening on, there's a phrase in here, on the very earth that you are standing on, in the very place that you are. So it shows a very infinite and also a very intimate mm. God in what is happening. And a God who knows what is coming. So we are in this spot, right, where you've got, two headquarters of the church Mm. who really are for all intents and purposes kind of functioning as two different churches like and because we know the history we know that trouble is on the horizon for all of these people and god knows that there's trouble on the horizon for all Mm. these people and perhaps joseph and the high priests who are gathered here are sensing 
like there is something brewing in the water. It's in our conversations. Yeah. We've, we've just recently got that instruction in section 84 about Zion, that one heart, one mind, this really big, hopeful concept mm. that we have. And then you have people who are just, um, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a part of that. And I like what you said about earlier before we started filming that people are taking things as, as suggestions. Yeah, it's so right? interesting to me because what's going to be the downfall and this apostasy that we're going to enter into right now is people want to start looking at what's coming from God and saying, oh, I, th I think this is just a suggestion. And this, the second greatest problem is they don't trust the prophet. And those two things are going to be at the core of what causes this great sifting that's going to take place in the chapters, I mean, not very far from here, in the next couple listen, lessons, we're going to be talking about that sifting and the people trying to wade through this season of apostasy that's coming. And I love that at the top of this, we wrote, this is a message of peace in the journals because we're about to enter into a time that is actually not very peaceful. Yeah, well, that's what he says. It's really interesting that, like, remember the section right before was a message on war. Right. About mm -hmm. the civil war and it's going to fill the world, because, you know, and they're going to see, oh, it's actually we're all war and battles and fights all seem to have the same source. Mm. Right. However, they manifest themselves. But a fight that happens within a home or within a faith community or within among nations, they all have the same source. They're just manifesting themselves differently. Right. So you have that one and then you've got. Wars mentioned at the end of 88, but 88 says, the Lord says, this is a leaf plucked from the tree of paradise, from the Garden of Eden. This little message of peace for you um, right in the middle. And maybe like a, maybe more a promise of peace mm -hmm. or a way to peace. I love that, a way. You know, um, mm -hmm. that, that God is advising them. There's a, a verse in here right in the middle when we start talking about these two things, you know, where you're just like, um, oh, I think these are just God's suggestions and I don't know if I trust God or his mouthpiece or, you know, there's a message in verse 85 that just kind of clarifies what God's agenda is. And he says that their souls may escape. Um, the whole reason I'm trying to guide you, give you law, give you light, give you direction is that your souls may escape. Mm. Like I just... I was thinking earlier, this, this line like was in my head earlier this morning. I wonder if I can remember it coming again, where it's just like, oh, it's this. God does not wink at sin because sin costs him too much. Oh. And what it costs him are his children. So he's like, I will not lose any of you. And so I won't wink at sin and I won't mm -hmm. wink at the things that are destructive. My whole intention and agenda is that your souls may escape right what, what's coming what is coming what happens mm -hmm. you know as an outgrowth of, of you know the way you're thinking and acting and everything you know that's going to come yeah i love as we get into this chapter he's going to do what he does regularly in the doctrine and covenants and that is to introduce himself to us and we've seen it over and over again since the very beginning that he's like i am the lord of and then he tells us all of these things. Um, and we see these descriptions of him. And sometimes that's one of my favorite ways to read the Doctrine and Covenants is just to look at how does he describe 
himself and his character and his attributes and who he is. And I love in this one that he's going to introduce himself in verse 2. This is pleasing unto your Lord and the angels rejoice over you. The alms of your prayers have come up into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. Now, sometimes we read that and we think it means the Lord of the Sabbath because the letters are so close that we're like, oh, I think that's what they were trying to write. That word Sabaoth has an entirely different meaning and you actually are going to love the meaning of it. He's going to introduce himself here. He's going to repeat it again in 98, a reminder of who he is. That word Sabaoth, the Greek translation for that tells us that it is the armies of the Lord. Um, and I love the thought of that. In fact, the other word that you might use to translate it is the military of God. Mm. And I love that he's like, this. I am the God of angel armies. That is who I am. And let me remind you that that is one of my attributes I'm singing that's my that song character. in my mind. I know you can't help <laughs> the God of angel armies. The God of angel armies. He is a friend of mine. <laughs> yes, you yeah. love the thought of that. I love that I think he sees the battle that is about to be waged ahead of them. And I love that he's like, let me introduce myself to you right now as the God of angel armies. That I'm we're gonna go into this battle and we're gonna enter it together. And before you even hear the first signs or sounds of battle, I want to remind you of these things. And they become crucial in his day, but also crucial in ours. Yeah. So what he moves into, and and just to bring up that verse two, kind of like the prayer, the need, the situation. We talked a little bit about the situations going on, but you've got Joseph and a group of church leaders who've gathered together to kind of, what what do we do about what we see kind of brewing here. Like what's our next move? What's mm -hmm. our next step? And I love that he's like, I'm so happy that you asked. I'm yes. so glad that you came and and wanted to ask me and angels are actually rejoicing. There is a party going on up here <laughs> because you are asking, you know, me that you're because you're bringing me into yes, the, fight, the conversation. Right? And you love that he goes from that straight into in verse six and seven. Because I'm sure they were like, does anyone even know what's happening in Missouri? And the Kirtland, does anyone even know what's happening here? And the prophet is split between two places. And, and does he even know what's happening in both of the places? And does he have a good enough knowledge to be leading the church in both of those places? And I love that the Lord is like, okay, let me just remind you that um, holiest of all through Jesus Christ, his son in verse five, he that ascended up on high and also descended below all things so that he could comprehend all things and be in all things and through all things. Um, this is the light of Christ. And I love that thought of all. Do mm -hmm. you want to know what I know? Do you know what I understand? Do you want to know what I am aware of? I love that right at the very beginning, he was like all, like everything. There is nothing that I am missing right now that's happening in either city and not just in the cities, but in the lives also of the people. Right. And that's that verse that I was mentioning earlier where he just says he's when he's in and through all things, he's also in the sun and he's the light and the power of the sun and the moon and the stars in that verse 10 and the earth also the power, every power moving on this earth, even the earth upon which you are standing. This very spot where you are, he's in that one too, because verse 12 says that light comes forth from his presence and it 
fills the immensity of space into mm. every corner, closet, and nook and cranny of space. Every mm. conversation, every conflict, like it, it's, it is, it, it can find a way into those places. Yep. Right? And I love when we teach this lesson in seminary, and maybe as you're doing this with your kids, one of our favorite ways to start this lesson is to ask this question, what does light do? And you're going to want to write it down because you're going to want to hold on to those words. So whether it's on a piece of paper or if you have um, a poster board in your home or a blackboard that you gave your daughter when she was 10 years old, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you've got, you want to list that. And let's just think about it for a minute. What does light do? Um, it brings warmth would be something that I would say um, it allows you to see better. Yeah. And, and because of that, it kind of gives you a sense of confidence. In fact, I kind of want to write some of these down so we'll be able to do what we want to do. So confidence, um, um, you can see. Yeah, see. Warmth, you said. Warmth. Direction. Um, I like that he actually says it's the light, which is the life to all things because there is something about like sunlight, at least, that it's just like it oh, actually it is a life. nourishing. It gives life. Gives you know, life. that's so good. Um, and what about um, protection? protection? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, if you've ever I remember Greg came downstairs one night in the darkness and stepped on a toy and was so mad someone had left a toy in the bath. And if the light had been on, he would have just skipped right over. Yeah, he would have known. And was there. and like maybe that this is C because protection and also perspective. That oh, that's so good. Jenny was just saying the other day because of that she just went to girls camp. But got there in the dark, mm. got to the camp in the dark, you know, and so it's kind of like you have, you don't know your bearings, yeah. you don't know, like, is there a thorn bush? Or it, like you just, yeah. and then in the light, you're just relaxed. It's just like, oh, okay. Now I know where See I where am. See where I am. I know. And then the next night, it's actually better because you're like, oh, I actually yes. know yes. where things are. And um, so light is just one of those things that like most people are drawn to, right? They just yes. like, I just. Ooh, oh, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I was just about to say, <laughs> like, that's actually like draws in. different kinds of light in particular, you know, you yes. just say, oh, I just want to be in the light. Yes. I just want to like, yeah. Um, so it's interesting because what's going to happen is we're going to get into verse 13 and it's going to talk about this definition of light or synonyms of light in verse 13. And it's going to say this, the light, which is in all things which giveth life to all things, which is the law by which all things are governed, and even the power of God who sits upon his throne. So all of a sudden, uh, it, you'll see in this little box right here, synonyms of light. Light is law, light is God's power, and light is life. And I just, I love thinking about this for a minute. Just think about this, because I love light. There's probably other people who are watching that are like, I love light too. Like I walk in my house and turn on all the lights. That is so my personality. It drove my dad crazy when I was growing up. And Greg also will walk behind me and turn <laughs> lights off. But I really love light. I love fires. I love fireflies. I love anything that is light giving. I love it. And there's probably other people who are like me too. I'm me too. so happy that you mentioned three sources of light. <laughs> One of them was a firefly. Well, why I don't you that. love fireflies? I, I do so much. We don't have any in Utah, um, everyone. It it kind of is a sad thing for me. I love going that way in the to the east summer. 
or yeah. south. We have them in Texas. You do? Oh, yeah. We and in just up. right in the middle of the United States. Yeah, just catching them. Oh, right. I just love them. I love them. So anyways, I want some of those. Um, you don't ever say this. I love law. Right. I love law so much. I just want to surround myself with law. Yeah, no one, no one's like, like it's really pretty to hang up on your wall something that's like, yes. God, shine your light upon me. Yes. Pour it on me in abundance. Let it spill through every yeah. window of my heart. Like no one would write, Lord, pour out your law on me. Yes. <laughs> surround and, me with your and law. And like this, what are your three favorite laws? <laughs> uh, the 25 miles an hour. Is that it? <laughs> I know that's not yours already. <laughs> um, so, but watch this for a minute because this is fun. Watch this for a minute. Does law give perspective? True. Uh, does it give protection? Also true. Can it bring you confidence? Yes. Can it help you see? Surely. Does it make you feel warm? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because it brings the spirit. All those other right? things. Right. It brings too. the spirit. To well, you. and those other, right. Which, yeah. w- those are manifestations of the yep. spirit, right? Perspective, co- confidence. Does right? it give direction? Um, does it give life? Yeah, because it protects life. Right. And it enables increase and progression. I was going to say, yeah, it not only like protects, but also like God's laws are not only to escape, right? He mentions that here, but he's like, he also has an exalting purpose yes. too. Yeah, it helps you grow and it draws in, right? One of the things that says about Zion is the safety that comes from that place will actually draw other people in so it's so fun to look at that because we actually maybe love law more than we think we do mm-hmm. but it's funny that it's not our first inclination to be like oh I love laws I love the laws yeah um, until you start looking at it and realizing I love when he's like here let me help you realize that that you love law as much as you love light and let me remind you why that might be true um which which i just think is such a really really important thing to consider and try to lean in to believe Mm. like it's not natural for some reason i don't know why for me maybe in particular (laughs) to just have an aversion to law but it's so good to like wait wait to dig out dig underneath like why why do you now, I remember that one conversation we had one time where I was like, well, it depends on who's giving the law. Mm. And it's like, okay, well, let's look right in this section at who's actually giving that law and, and can you trust it? But to become, because our, we live in a time of where it's like, there's a pushback against law. Yeah. Like we don't want there to be laws. We want everything to be a suggestion. We don't want there to be any like, defined lines in the sand we want there to be everything's relative and you decide on, for yourself right and and you which where's that where's it's that verse be right here in verse 35 that which breaketh the law and abideth not by law but seeketh to become a law unto itself and um it's so interesting when all of a sudden you're like i'm gonna make this law actually work for me right now this is this is how i want to interpret the law and that I love when he's like uh, that gets a little scary and it's like well you can right yeah. it, but it's not going to have the same benefit as my laws do mm. like I can't guarantee what the product of you basking in that kind of law or following that law is going to be like I can't give you a guarantee on it 
I can't, right? Because he says that box right here in verse 34, yeah, like and, right before and that let's verse. let's go there right now because yeah. as we go through this lesson, there were three things we want you to be looking for. One is what we learn about law. One is what we learn about light. And one is what we learn about the measure of our creation. Um, at, true for them back then, but true for us right now. And so as we look at law, we love that in 34, he's like, let me tell you why I give laws. And he, he lists a couple things that they do. He says um, that you can be governed by law, preserved by law, perfected by law, and also sanctified by law. Like those are the reasons that I'm giving that law. And I think it's okay. Like we ought to address and say that the people who are like, I don't know if I trust Joseph or not, you know, and it's like, okay, because he's being a mouthpiece for the Lord asking really difficult things. Mm -hmm. Like he's asking for sacrifice and he's asking for obedience on some hard issues. And he's asking people to set aside some things that they're comfortable with. And, and, and it is natural to like resist disruption, right? But And growth also, right? Remember the children of Israel who were like, Listen, it's, just, it's easier if we go back to Egypt because we understood Egypt. I think it is human nature to choose the easier path. Right. And I was just going to say, the interesting thing is disruption and growth are companions. Mm, that's growth so good. never comes without a disruption that happens first. And so sometimes we're, when a disruption occurs, it can become a distraction because we want to get rid of that disruption mm. when it's like, wait, but what if the disruption <laughs> was actually like the answer? What if it actually was going to lead to, to the growth? And so, um, this verse right here, it's like I govern, preserved, perfected, and, and sanctified. He's like, those are the purposes of those laws. And I get it. If you are thinking, because we were talking earlier, there are suggestions in this world. Of every kind. There are yeah. suggestions within the church, mm-hmm. right? There are principles and suggestions and maybe you ought us, you know, yeah. that happen all the time. But there's not an either or. There are also laws, laws, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And, and, and for I good like reason. these four words. Like, I think it's interesting to stop and take a minute and think about those four words that they're going to govern us. I love the thought of that. What, what's going to help govern my life? What is my life going to look like? Um, we talk a lot about right now your brand. You know, what's your branding and, and what is the message you are giving out to the world? And I love that part of what law does is it governs who you are, but more importantly, who you will become. And I love the thought of that. Um, that preserved um, is such a good one. I was talking to some of my kids this past week about why do they wear their garments after they've been through the temple? Why? Like, I just wanted to know their why, not why we've been told, but what is your why? And one of the sweetest ones for me was my cute daughter-in-law who wanted to talk about if I haven't worn mine for a while, whether you've been on a trip or you went and exercised or, or whatever, you know, you've been to the beach all day long or, or whatever's going on in your life. And she said, there is something about when I put mine back on, there is a protection I feel and a spirit that I feel when I put them on. And I was like, it's so interesting, that thought of, of a holy covering that actually 
protects, right? It preserves. And law does that. That's the purpose for law is that that preserving that maybe we fill within that place. Um, Well, and I was going to say like with the synonym of light, I love that phrase that Paul uses where he talks about putting on an armor of light. Mm. And garments can be a reminder of God's law, his governing, preserving, perfecting, sanctifying nature. He's like, let me, you know, wrap you up in light, Mm. which is also saying, let me wrap you up in law. Ooh, that is so good. And that, that thought of that armor of light, that protection and guidance. And I was, as we talked with my daughters, I was like, here's what I think about when I think about the garment. And, and it could transition into laws to the laws of the gospel is it's signifying for me relationship. All of those things signify relationship and how much I want to invest in the relationship is how much I'm going to participate in the law of what has been given. And that might look different for every one of us, but I do love that thought that there is something about building and preserving relationship as we think about the laws of the Lord. Especially when you start thinking this, like, and I I think you might be going through the rest of the words. That's kind of what you were doing, but just let me throw this in right here. I was saving it for the end of your list. But when I write those words, governs, preserves, perfects, sanctifies, I don't initially ask what does I ask who does Mm. and I want to say God governs and God preserves and God perfects and God sanctifies and I think those are all true and I love those about the about God and then I want to say well how does he do it and I I might say through his law Mm. like his law is only an extension of his heart is what it is that's so good and I just love those last two words, just thinking about the definition, because sometimes that word perfected overwhelms us a little bit. And I love that the Greek translation of that word perfect is complete, that law completes us and remembering that, that that's what it's doing. It's, it's not making us measure ourselves or score keep. It's a means of completing us. And every day, just a little bit better. And then that word sanctified, my favorite definition of that word is found actually in the book of Joshua in the Old Testament in the footnote. I think it's in chapter two, um, and it talks about sanctifying yourself before the Lord. And and the definition is made clean through holy ritual. Hmm. And I love that thought that law will make us clean through holy ritual. And what are those holy rituals? in your life and and how do they fit into this lesson about law and that's just something i think that is good to think about and it's interesting you said that because right when you said it i thought in connection with relationship i was like wait in what ways does ritual Mm -hmm. strengthen relationship and and my mind went to like oh well what are jenny and i's rituals Mm -hmm. you know because ritual makes you think formal church ritual but actually it's a word that just means patterns yeah or rhythms right? or ri- the rhythms yeah. of your so what life. are your what are jenny and i's rituals that strengthen that relationship mm. you know and if we abandoned those what impact would that actually have mm-hmm. on the if i abandoned those rituals if i abandoned the laws of our relationship there are some th- things that govern and preserve and protect mm-hmm. a relationship and if i i, I don't want to do them and it's like, okay, if you want to be, make up your own law, become a law unto yourself. 
then you you can't be sanctified and perfected by what the original laws could do. He's bound to the promise according to our ability to uphold our end of the law. Well, and it just seems like he's bound because that's what those laws naturally do, mm-hmm. right? He's like, I'm, I'm telling you, they have this, like gravity, they yes. have this natural effect on you and impact and they'll change you. Yes, and, you know? and you'll become better. So we go from law... And let me just say this, so that we're not, I'm, because you probably already know this about <laughs> us, but also because... When you are engaged in listening and following Jesus, it means that you're closer to him. And that's mm. maybe where more of that change is happening is because I'm like, um, you're, you are in and through and around all things. And now I've invited you in and through around my things. Yes. Like I want you to fill the immensity of my life and yeah. my home and yeah. my Yeah, that's relationships. so good. Um, I love, we move from law, then we're going to go into light. And um, as we get into 40, it'd be fun to start in 40 and just talk about this. I fell in love with this scripture when my daughter Meg was in high school because we had such an interesting conversation about it one day at the seminary building when Megan was coming in and out of there. This is the one that you'll be familiar with. For intelligent cleaveth under, unto intelligence, and wisdom receiveth wisdom. And truth embraces truth, and virtue loveth virtue, and light cleaveth unto light. And mercy has compassion on mercy, and claimeth her own, and justice continueth its course, and claimeth his own. And I love as you go through each of those things, that that back and forth. And this scripture came up because I had been, we had been having a conversation about friends, and how hard it is to find friends in high school, and good friends that will lift you. And um, I've been talking a lot to people lately that this is not just a high school conversation anymore, that we live in a world where influence is so far reaching that this is even true of Instagram and, and social media places. I was going to say, things. we now have a new profession, yes. an influencer, yes. you know, like it's a new like yeah. thing that yes. exists. And it's so interesting because as we were talking about my kids and being able to find those friends in high school, you brought up this scripture. Well, and I, I, I think I actually brought it up in saying this is actually the best dating scripture <laughs> like in the world, you know, when somebody's thinking about this. And I was like, this is actually true with people is what it's true about. That, um, that intelligence just cleaves unto intelligence. Um, wisdom receives really naturally wisdom. And that one I love that light mm-hmm. cleaves unto light. And, and if you are seeking God's light in your own life, then you're going to recognize where are those places that are also, and those people that are also light-filled people and in, in places and, and merciful places and compassionate people and, and truth-embracing people, right? Yep. That they just, you're drawn to each other. And I love that you simplified it down and you'll see it right here in your journal that light attracts light. And that was such an interesting conversation to have with my daughter Meg and then my daughter Grace a few years later to be like, as you're thinking about friends and, and the people you want to draw into your life, I just want you to remember this really simple phrase, light attracts light. And how important that is as you're living out that life. So let's just talk a little bit about light. And we're going to go to kind of where we were, but he's the in verse 41. 
he's going to come back around to where he started before he taught us about law. And he's going to say, um, as he talks about light, he comprehendeth all things and all things are before him and all things are round about him. And he is above all things and in all things and through all things. And he's round about all things. And um, he talks about this thought that everything moves within its season. And as we get into this course about these um, courses that are fixed and these planets that revolve around the earth in verse 44, he says this, and they give light to each other in their times and in their seasons and in their minutes and in their hours and in their days and in their weeks and in their months and in their years. And I love the thought of this lesson that happens right there because I love that he's talking about those planets, but also it's true about us that we give light to each other in our times and in our seasons and in our minutes and our hours and our days and our weeks and our years. And then he's going to take us into this parable that is in 52 is where it starts. And he says, I'm going to come unto you and you will behold the joy of my countenance. He says to the first group and to the second group, go you also into the field and in the second hour, I will visit you with joy and also to the third saying I will visit you and then the fourth I will visit you and they were made glad by his light and he goes all the way through all the way up till 12 and then in verse 58 he says I will visit every man in his hour and in his time and in his season that's what having the light of Christ in your life will do and we recognize it in him but then others also recognize it in us. And I love the thought of that light coming and that it's in and about and through and all around everywhere. And that thought that it will visit us in our times and seasons, but then it will also allow us to bring it to other people in their times and seasons. Well, and I think that's such a, a like such a beautiful concept, the idea of like that we give light to each other in their times and their seasons. You remember Elder Maxwell has that quote where he talks about um, the star that got put in orbit, you know? And then he says, as, millennial, on the Christmas, yeah, yeah the millenniums Christmas star. before that moment was gonna happen. I'm so gonna write this would, down so, so we, we can remember. put it in there. That, he, that star was put in orbit thousands of years before Christmas morning so that it would shine just on the right day. And then he follows up and says, He's likewise placed us in human orbits so that when, as we interact with each other, that we can light and give life and warm, you know, mm -hmm. other people um, in, in their seasons and yep. in their minutes and, and during the different times. And, and also this idea of God saying, I will visit people in their seasons. I love thinking about that idea that yeah. like, I, that, and what it looks like. And I love that you wrote down here where I have seen God moving. Um, in verse 47, where it talks about, behold, all these are kingdoms and any man who has seen any or the least of these hath seen God moving. And I love that thought of where have you seen God moving? Where has he shown up in your season or your times or your minutes or your hours? And I have to tell you the best story. I've been saving it all day for you. You're so happy <laughs> right now. Um, everybody, do you remember my cute friend? Chris Belcher, who passed away, and we talked about it a lot during that time. Just a good, sweet, sweet friend of mine and such a champion for my kids. And as each of them got ready for their mission, so participatory in that process of them going and just celebrated every 
minute of that. And then she passed away and she left two boys here. One is married and has two kids and the other boy just finished his senior year of high school and he has just turned in his mission papers and has mm. been waiting for a call. And the call came this morning. Oh, it did? Yes, That's awesome. and he opened it up and guess where he's going? To his mom's mission. Oh, of course he is. Can you imagine he is going to his mom's mission to Kentucky? Everybody, Louisville, Kentucky. Cute. Uh, Benjamin Belcher is about to come to your mission, but this is what I thought to myself when James texted me. I don't think the man, the apostle who sat there and looked at his picture come up, looked at that picture and thought, oh, this boy lost his mom a year ago, a year and a half ago. And um, they were such good, they were just so close together. And to think about her watching down in that moment when he was going to open that call, and that man would have never, never known about that sweet relationship. And may or may not have looked at the paper to see where that mom had even served her mission before and, and wouldn't even realize the sweetness of knowing that every step of that mission Benji will be walking in a place where his mother gave her heart to for 18 months of her life. And what a sweet connection to have that in common with his mom mm. and to be in all those places. And then I want to say this. Have you seen God moving? Because I saw God moving this morning mm. and how miraculous it is for him to show up in sweet moments like that just so sweet in that time and in that season and that minute and that hour and that day and oh all morning I've just been thinking can you imagine Chris Belcher right oh. now and I just want to think that God didn't let her know until he opened this he was like oh I'm gonna make this a surprise yes for, such you know, a good surprise also. but you know what's really powerful about what you just said is that parable is of God visiting each place like one at a time in their own times and in their seasons and I love that you can look at that story and still say I saw God move this morning in their kingdom hmm. this morning it was their turn yeah today and you might be waiting for God to be moving in your own story right now mm -hmm. but it's powerful that you can still watch him moving in other people's and let it be a reminder of who he is and that he will come to me in in my season instead of it being a moment of like well how come that didn't happen to me and how come i you know mm. but rather to see like oh yeah i forgot i worship a god who visits people and to happify them what was yes, the word to, to make, be glad to, to make, make joy yeah, yeah you know and to say i can see him moving in those other places and y'all i just cannot think of a better way to spend your life than that verse 44 because what's so interesting is he says this in verse 50. Then shall you know that you have seen me, that I am, and that I am the true light that's in you, and that you're in me. And isn't it amazing how many times God manifests himself to us through another person? Mm. That seems to be, in my experiences, the most common. The most common way that I see, like, God moving is through, you know, another, another person. And, and we've got this story we love 
so much mm. from one. It's, he's our favorite author, both of us. Like we found out one day that we both. Wait, loved I want him you so to much. save it. I actually realizing I want you to save it till right there. Oh, I will Don't save you? it there. Okay, yes. you guys. Ah, you have to make it to the very, very end. And of it's going to be worth it. It is going to be worth it. Till and the I end. and I do. Well, I'll say I'll say that last. I'll put it all together. Okay. Okay. So this is okay. Remember, we started in saying. In these times of sifting, as we kind of looked at, there's just these three things that we think God is saying, I need you to understand these things. One of them is law and what it actually is and what its benefits are. I need you to understand light and where you can find it and and that you should be seeking it. And I actually loved earlier when you said this about this light attracts light, this idea of like, where are you going to get your light mm. from? Like, where are you going to get your confidence? Where are you going to get your perspective? Where are you going to get your protection and your direction in your life? Like, what or who is drawing you in? And you said to me earlier, if Jesus is not a part of that conversation, then it's a different kind of light. Yeah, when you think about the people who influence you, hopefully your greatest influence is coming from people who are leading you to the light to Jesus. And if Jesus is not coming up in those conversations, then you, you might want to look somewhere else for direction and confidence and uh, to see and to be drawn in, right? And for perspective. Yeah. Um, I think that's so good. And then... Because when, the conversations are good. We yeah. should be like questioning and asking, but like, I just love that you said, if he's not a central part of that conversation, then something is entirely missing from yes um the last thing that we love is this thought about measure so law light and then measure in verse 25 it talks about again verily i say unto you the earth abideth the law of a celestial kingdom for it filleth the measure of its creation and it doesn't transgress that law and so wherefore it will be sanctified right it's it'll be in that rhythm that allows a relationship that would lead you to that kind of kingdom. But I love this thought about filling the measure of your creation. And sometimes we get overwhelmed by that. Sometimes we're like, that feels so big to me. And, and I don't know if I will ever, we, a lot of times when we teach seminary, we'll say, how many of you think you're going to the celestial kingdom? And it's so interesting because I don't know if people are like, I should be humble and not just think that I'm going there. Or if people really think, no, I don't think, I'm going to go there. And we love what 88 teaches about this measure. Um, in the book of Corinthians, Paul talks about he will create a measure to reach even you. And I love that the measure is between you and him, that he's going to create this measure. And it talks about in 29, if you're quickened by a portion of the celestial glory, then you're going to receive the same except for of fullness and this is such a great lesson on grace because I love what he says to you is if you can just give me a portion I will make up the difference through grace right I will give you a fullness or rather I will exalt that offering mm. like I will magnify that offering yeah like I'm in the it's enough as it is yes and then I'm actually gonna like expand it yeah I will I'm complete it yeah I will yeah. complete it for you and if you want to live a terrestrial, a portion of the terrestrial glory, then I will give you a fullness of terrestrial. And if you want to live the law of a telestial and just even a portion of that law, I will complete it. 
I will make it a fullness. And I love that he's, he says to you, you choose. You choose the level of law you want to enter into, or I like saying it like this, the degree of relationship you want to enter into. And, and if you just enter in with your portion, whatever that is, with your measure, as my part of that covenant relationship, I will complete it for you. And I just think that's such a beautiful lesson of grace. And it's also like a really encouraging spot when someone's like, what is the measure of my creation? Like, what was I, in other words, what was I created to do? And uh, people are always trying to discover that. And mm. it's so hopeful to just think, well, what if you just discovered kind of a portion of it? Or what if you only had time or energy to engage in just a portion of what you were created to do? And it's like, then God will magnify it and turn it into a full enriching experience mm, for you so, so good. just and, and he will through grace increase capacity and transform i love and we talk about this a lot when i look at grace i love to look at grace in two separate ways there's a grace that heals wounds right it rescues it delivers and it um, strengthens us but there's also a grace that elevates souls and that is a grace that transforms us and lifts us and helps us to become. And I love that that's what it feels like he's talking about here. When we go through that degrees of glory, I just love to think it's degrees of relationship. Mm. And that he's saying, you know what, you enter in and give the portion you can here and I will complete it through grace and, and transform and lift and and, and elevate in its time. Verse 73 says, I'm going to hasten my work in its time. And don't forget that he defines what his work is in, in the book of Moses, chapter one, when he says, my work is actually you. Mm -hmm. My work is to bring about your immortality and to let you experience eternal life and the riches of, you know, living, right? I, I'm going to hasten my work which is the sanctification and governing and preserving and perfecting of you, you know, in of its people. time. Yeah, yeah. Of all people. Sometimes we get to this, I will hasten my work in its time, and we think it's the kingdom, and he will hasten the work of the kingdom. But I love what Elaine Dalton taught us, that she said, I once heard her teach section 88, and I will never forget for as long as I live when she said, he is hastening the spiritual progression of all of us. And I love to read this starting in verse 73. Behold, I will hasten my work in its time as me. That he is going to hasten his work in me in the time that it needs to be finished and completed. And um, what do I need to be raised up to be in that moment? He will hasten that work. Yeah. In and, me. and, you know, when we say, is it the work of the kingdom being hastening or is it individual people? It's like, oh, those are actually synonyms, right? That the kingdom is people. Yeah. Kingdom work is, is people work. It's, it's, it's not the stats. It's like the stats mm -hmm. represent individual people and their experiences yeah. and relationships. And, and P.S., please notice in the journal that I, I put a little crown on Elaine Dalton's name because I really <laughs> think she's a queen. So I put that there. So Elaine, cute. have you seen that? We love it, Elaine. Um, and her darling husband, who you wish you could meet both of them. When I read through 74, from 74 through 80, I love to think about those verses as if 
he is talking about me. And I love going through, in mine, um, you'll see I've circled everywhere that it has an I and everywhere that it has a you. In the journal, we left you a spot to write down, what does God promise he will do in that relationship? And what does he ask us to do in that relationship? And it, it just reminds me, that's a covenant relationship. Yeah. And I love that you see his promise there, but you also see his expectation there. And it's, it's fun to just list out um, some of those. I, I wrote down some. Did you write yeah, down? Yeah, I put them yeah. on the board right here. Just and to it see. might be fun to just read through some of those. Right, where he just says, my favorite one on this list is he's like, I'll fulfill my promises like in their time. And, and I, I'll give grace mm. for that to happen, you know? And I love this one. Uh, and I'll show up mm. in your story, right? I, these, I promise to give and cleanse and fulfill promises and send grace and call you and give commissions and show up in your story. And what's the ask? I just, I need you to assemble and organize and prepare and sanctify and purify and pray and fast. And, and he talks about in there and actually teach and teach doctrine. He tells them, I need you to start to learn to understand theory and principle and doctrine and law. All of those things are going to be important. Which is interesting because then he expands it and says, and learn the past and the earth and learn arts mm -hmm. and culture and learn as much as you can. And it's awesome when he says why in verse 80, that you may be prepared in all things when I send you again to magnify the calling where I have called you and the mission with which I have commissioned you. That he's like, I actually want you to be engaged in this work of salvation. And I love that sometimes we read that and we think we're thinking of a call that's going to come from the church office building in a big envelope, or now I guess it comes uh, by email. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's important to remember that actually he has a mission for all of us and he will call us into the work. And sometimes that call is going to come from um, North Temple or wherever it says on that call. And sometimes it's going to call be a call from a bishop that you're going to receive in a bishop's office. But sometimes it's going to be a call that comes through the whisperings of the Spirit mm -hmm. that says, could you work with this person right now? Or could you give a little bit here in this area right now? Could you do this with your Instagram? Could you do this within your family? Could you provide something for your neighbors on your circle? You know, that call with which you are commissioned might be the whispering of the spirit for you to go to work in your circle of influence and bring light into that space. Yeah. And here's that story that we love so much from uh, Robert Fulgham. Um, he talks about uh, going to this um, philosophy school for a couple of days. It's sort of like a camp for nerds. It's uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just really smart people of the world. And it's in Greece, you know, of course it had to be. And there was this really respected man who was teaching and kind of talking about things. And he ended his presentation. He asked for any questions. And, and Robert Fulgham said, I raised my hand and I said, I have a question. And he just said, so what's the purpose of life? And he said, everybody kind of laughed a little bit. But Dr. Papaderos like held up his hand. And he said, he looked into my eyes to see if they were sincere. And when he saw that they were, he talked about growing up in a really war-torn um, 
Greece, you know, it just was during the height of World War II. And he said, one day I found a wrecked motorcycle and I, and I found a, a piece of um, the pieces of the side mirror. And he said, I tried to put them back together and, and they didn't fit. And I found a, a big piece that was there. And he said, I kind of scratched it down until it was a little uh, circle. And not sharp. Yeah, just like a little guy. And he says, and then he says this. Let me read you from him. He says, uh, I tried to find all the pieces. And well, I, I said that part. Okay. Um, I began to play with it as a toy and became fascinated by the fact that I could reflect light into dark places where the sun would never shine, into deep holes and crevices and dark closets. It became a game for me to get light into the most inaccessible places that I could find. I kept that little mirror and as I went about growing up, I would take it out in idle moments and continue the challenge of the game. As I became a man, I grew to understand that this was not just a child's game, but a metaphor for what I might do with my life. I came to understand I'm not the light or the source of it, but light, truth, understanding, knowledge is there. And sometimes it will only shine in many dark places if I reflect it. I'm a fragment of a mirror whose whole design and shape I do not know. Nevertheless, with what I have, I can reflect light into the dark places of this world, into the black places in the hearts of men, and change some things in some people. Perhaps others may see and do likewise. This is what I'm about. This is the meaning of my life. And then he said he actually took it out of his pocket and shined a little light from the sun into his, onto his hands, you know, on, on his desk. And I just think a lot of times there's a lot of frustration and a lot of, and, I, and I've seen a lot of contention, you know, in, in our world and that kind of sifting idea or whatever, and you more than me, and, and just, um, just based of our conversations. And, and it just seems that the root of a lot of that is somebody asking, what's in it for me? You know, what am I going to get out of this? Or I don't like this because I don't see the benefit for me. Versus a call here that seems to say, what if you ask, what were you, who were you created for? Who were you created to bring light into their lives? Like, what if that became the question? And then accidentally along the way, you kind of discovered who you were, mm -hmm. you know, as a, a byproduct of, of that whole thing. Yeah, a giver of light. Yeah. In places of great darkness. And what would that look like? Yeah, I, I heard a compliment this last week that I was like, oh, I, Jack and I went on um, an HEFY trip to Africa. And uh, it was like, those stories will keep coming up, I'm sure, because it was really, really impactful for, for both of us. But uh, somebody made a compliment about our trip leader, um, Spence, and they said about him, um, I think everybody on this trip could say, that they tasted of the love of Jesus because Spency. Hmm. And I was like, oh, what? I was like, do you want to say that compliment about me? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I think, I thought it's the sweetest compliment, you know, that yeah. I've ever heard just to, you know, and, and mm -hmm. oh, there, it just is, God's like, I want you to escape the hard things that could happen and, and the destructive things that could happen. But I want you to enjoy eternal life mm. also. You know, I, I just have both of those intentions. And I you. love the thought as he's in this 88 that he's 
I love that at the beginning he acknowledges you're about to go into a great battle and there's going to be this time of sifting and apostasy ahead. And what he says to them is bring light. That will be your greatest weapon in this battle that we're about to face is the light that you will bring. And not just light, right? Um, he's not talking about you, your light. He's talking about his light through you. Hmm. And what does that look like and, and how do we reflect? I love when that philosopher was like, don't get mistaken that this is my light. Um, I am all I am as a reflector of the light. And I love the thought of that is as we influence or as we bring light, are we a reflector of the light? And maybe that helps us balance where we are in the battle. There's a lot of other verses here. We will talk about some of them actually on an upcoming field trip. Yeah, next week's a field trip to the Newell K. Whitney store. And we're going to talk about the School of the Prophets, mm -hmm. which is one of the things that they organize as a result of this. Like one of those practical things where it's like, okay, so if this is what God's doing in the world and this is how you can engage let, let's get you ready yes. practically. And we'll talk about that on the field so trip. So you've got that on the field trip. There's a whole bunch of second coming verses, a lot of which we have talked about already in 29 and in 45. And if you are wishing you had more about that, we'll link again to that second coming class that we did that's like seven hours long, I think, that would give you a lot more insight. We'll just link it in the newsletter. So if, if you wish you had more insight on those verses, you're going to be able to either go back to those two previous videos or um, sign up for that class if you want to. And then the field trip next week is one of my favorite yeah. of our field trips for this year. So you are going to love that one. But so many good things here. And, and just that reminder in their day and the same in our day to, to be the means of reflecting the light and maybe spending some time this week thinking about what does that actually look like? Yeah. Yeah, because, and I just remembered this verse I love so much in here, that it, he says, all things will be in commotion. And surely because of that, men's hearts will fail mm. them. For fear will come upon all people. And how beautiful to be the means of hope and encouragement and, and courage and peace, you know, by bringing his light. Yep, and, and all of these things that his yeah. light brings. So good. Yeah. Okay, okay we'll see you next week. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.